0: Episode 146 of Cowboys Right 3, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How's it going, man?
1: JP, man, it's, it's almost Christmas, so finishing up the shopping, you know, getting things wrapped. Uh, house has been decorated for weeks. Lights are all up over the place. My house is in the back corner of the neighborhood, so not as many people see my lights. But dude, I've got three deer and a moose and lights on my house because it just goes this way. Every year, something new will be added. But initially it was a moose. I have a lot of moose because damn straight.
0: Eh, you know, why not, man? You might as well go all out for it, right? I'm, uh, my wife and I just live in a two bedroom apartment. So we got the tree and we got some, you know, some lights up and, you know, places and we got some decorations up. Nothing crazy yet, but I'm sure, you know, in the future when we move into a house and all that kind of stuff, we're going to have a bigger setup. That's for sure. Cause I know that she wants a bigger setup.
1: Well, sure. Of course. Yeah.
0: Well, like so, um, we're We're sorry that we didn't get the episode out earlier uh, this past week to we had to there were a couple basketball games, the bowl game came out, all that good stuff. Uh, But we had technical issues with our audio in the recording, so it was, A, it didn't sound good, and B, about five or ten minutes of audio was cut out uh, during the recording process, so we weren't able to get that out for you, we're sorry, so we're going to kind of rehash some of the stuff that we talked about in the last episode, mainly with the basketball, then we're going to move into some football recruiting, national signing days coming up this week, so there's, there's a fair amount to talk about here, and we'll start with basketball. So since we last recorded a podcast, Oklahoma State has played Georgetown, Wichita State, And then Houston, recording on Sunday, so they just played Houston today. You and for all three of those games, Oklahoma State has been out without Isaac Likely. He's out with an undisclosed illness. More on the street is it's mono. And
1: Doug, no Gottlieb when tweeted is like, I got inside sources. He's got mono, or mononucleosis, or whatever the friggin' long form technicals. He's got mono.
0: Yeah, the 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 universe trying to keep it. Yeah, We, we we all know what it is. I digress. You're without Isaac Likely, and you still feel pretty good playing that Georgetown team who mm-hmm. had two guys transfer out, two guys suspended who end up playing, which is bullshit. They're off the team now, mm-hmm. and um, you still lose that game because now I understand why everyone hated Keaton Page and Phil Forte because Mac McClung went nuclear, um, but you, d- I didn't realize until that game and the Wichita State game how important Isaac Likely was to this team. Like We know how talented he is. Uh, offensively and defensively, but I didn't realize how significant the impact that he has on this team uh, is until you lose both those games. Conceivably, you, you know, the you should win that Georgetown game, and I firmly believe if Isaac likely plays that game, you, you win by 10. That's just basketball, unfortunately. Shots didn't fall for Oklahoma State during that five-minute stretch when Mac McClung was going off, and then you lose the game, and then you just come out flat on that Sunday against Wichita State and kind of get boat-raced in GIA. Then you show up on Sunday... In Houston, in a game that you no one really gave you a, a chance in hell to win, and you pull out a massive road win there to stop, get off the Schneid, you get a win. You're eight and two now with two more non-conference games before conference play starts. The, I think this one said a lot about this team and more about who they are rather than the last two games. If that makes sense, I think that the Houston game is more what this team is than the last two
1: my hope is that this three game stretch is an opportunity for them to learn and grow. Because my initial reaction was why the can't Oklahoma state basketball has nice things. Why can't coach Boyden catch a break? Like he finally got a team that doesn't have a bunch of knuckleheads that are breaking the rules. And then likely your, your most important player gets mono friggin' knocked out for a month. Mono. Are you kidding me? But I, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, and especially after this Houston game, if the silver lining is OSU would be better for this down the stretch because they'll know how to play without him on the floor. They'll know how to play if case gets into foul trouble. They'll know they're figuring out the defense. Because look, the defense was really good because of Likely. Homeboy for Georgetown doesn't go off for 30-something points if Likely's on the floor because Likely would be the guy defending him and Likely is your most tenacious bulldog defender. And the team plays good defense, they play really good defense when likely is on the floor. Um, so my hope is that that this is kind of a, a turning point for this team to grow without him so that when you plug him back in, the team is that much better for it.
0: No, I, I completely agree with you. And I think the, the biggest thing that we've seen, especially in that Georgetown game, despite the result, <clears throat> we saw Chris Harris... Got got the start over for Isaac Likely at the point guard position and played extremely well. I think he had you know nine or ten points. He had a couple threes, played really good defense. Like looked really like he was kind of starting to come into his own. We've seen him play. He's been the main guy off the bench for Oklahoma State in the last uh, today, but and then he also started against Wichita State. And again, he he's still serviceable. I think he is really turning a corner as a freshman, proving the kind of talent that he was when Oklahoma State signed him. I was interested to see if they were going to stick with Chris Harris after the dud of a game that was the Wichita State game, and they go with D Mitchell, who was one of the walk-ons last season after those three guys got kicked off, and he they, and they kept him on the on the roster, and he's gotten a little bit of time this year, but he they ended up getting him the start. He only played 16 minutes. I was wondering, is like, is this that you know a wake up call of the, the other freshman of this dude is ready to go and you got to step it up, or were they just trying, It was Boynton just kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, but from what I I watched, I was able to see a little bit of the game, he looked serviceable, like I, I don't think he's going to see more, you know, the amount of minutes that he's, he played against Houston, but he looks like a guy that you can throw out there and is perfectly capable of playing Division I basketball, and that's a credit to him for all the work he's put in, you know, as a walk-on, you know, it's pretty tough to, you know, to have much motivation because you're not, you know, you're, you're still paying for school, but man, I I was overall pretty impressed with what I saw from D Mitchell today in the minutes that he
1: played. I mean, I think it's put in a guy that has been with the team for a while. He may not have the talent level of everybody else, but there's that experience that the, the, the young guys don't have. I mean, there are moments there, especially when Houston started really getting going in the second half. The, the, the freshmen look like freshmen. Like they, they are still freshmen and it's kind of obvious. Like, yes, Harris got 23 minutes. Like Mitchell only played 16. Harris got 23. No one else in the bench got more than eight. Okay. Not the, not the boon. And that was, that was Rucenic, or Rostink. I can't pronounce his name. I'm never going to be it's, it's Rusink. Thank you. Like I can do all Amiga all day. People don't know how to do it, but Roosink drives me up the wall. Like it should be so easy. Laurent got five minutes. The Boons got two and five. Rusink got eight. Anderson got 12. Like, congrats to him. But, but none of them did much. Like, they, didn't, they didn't shoot well. Harris got 23 minutes. He did all right. He did pretty well. Like, it's just this team's freshman class is going to have to start taking steps forward if this team's going to really do anything this year. Um, the seniors are doing the best they can. Obviously, he once likely gets back. He's going to be able to contribute more to this team, but you're really going to need the freshman to start stepping up more. And they and they've, they've look. It's a road game. You're a true freshman. This is the la in an in, in an environment that actually had a pretty good crowd against a very very physical Houston team. It, this isn't the best place for a true freshman to maybe have a big game, okay? But I, they they are going to have to start playing a little bit better. I, I want to I want to just let's let's just go to the topic that matters the most right now. I think. All right, let's roll. Yornay is the best big man at Oklahoma State since Big Country. Yes or no?
0: I think Byron Houston would have a pretty good argument there, but that's fair. That's what, fair. But what Yornay is doing right now as a sophomore, I think he's end up surpassing Byron Houston, and I, I firmly believe that by the time Yornay is a senior and ready to move on, I think we can have a legitimate conversation of him versus Big Country. I, I think he is the trajectory and the ceiling that Yornay has. Gives me you know that inkling that we're going to be able to have that conversation here in a couple of years,
1: like I everyone focuses on the blocks, but what he's doing his 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 defensive progress from last year to this year is big, okay the problem really in that Georgetown game was not just that they lost <clears throat> likely it's that anay got into foul trouble and didn't play most of the first half and kept getting into foul trouble in the second half, and we can you know that part of that was him part of that was the way that Georgetown played him. Or that was the refs were pretty awful in second in that game, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but you got a guy who's a big man, shot 5 of 10. He's 8 of 9 for the free throw line. 8 of 9 for the free throw line. He's shooting over 72% from the charity stripe. He is a big man who shoots over 72% from the charity stripe. Y'all, there's a reason I keep calling him the unicorn. That is not a real thing. That yeah. is a mystical thing that the big men don't do.
0: I mean, if you're— Eight
1: rebounds, 18 points— like, if you're she, over
0: six ten and yeah. you're shooting over sixty percent in college, you're really good. And to me, even if you're a guard and you're shooting seventy to seventy five percent, like you're a good free throw shooter in college. For him to shoot seventy two percent after shooting right around fifty ish last year, if I'm not mistaken,
1: mm-hmm. that so is the right.
0: that's I that can't be understated how impressive that is.
1: No, it can't. Like I got, look, folks. I mean, okay. Enjoy for, because the country's going to figure it out at some point. Like he's going to, there's going to be a game and he's going to show you know, on, on national TV and he's going to show up. People are going to go, who's is your, and A guy, right? I mean, like, um, he's awesome.
0: Yeah. No, for, for, shit, awesome. For, for shit's sake, he hit a crossover jumper today. Like what is going on?
1: Okay. So yeah, it's just, it's just,
0: it's, a, it's, a, it's so impressive. It's so impressive.
1: It is. It really is. I'm I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, Two big games left. Minnesota is, uh, is this coming Saturday in Tulsa. Thank God it's in Tulsa, not in Stillwater, because for some strange reason, this team plays so much better away from home than they do in GIA. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But you could argue the best performances this team has had this year at Charleston, this one, number one, without likely getting the win on the road against a physical Houston team that... And they lost one home game last season, one time, one time at home last year. This team doesn't lose at home very often, not with Kelvin Sampson there. So you you win at Houston without likely. Your two big wins in Brooklyn against Ole Miss and Syracuse, including that just curb stop of Ole Miss, and your road win at Charleston when they were playing really well and then you just ran away with it in the second half. The most impressive wins of your season have all come away from GIA. Your least impressive performances have all come at home. I don't know what's going on. And look, OSU has played well away from home under Boynton the whole time. Like you you know West Virginia hates having to play Oklahoma State at home because they're just they're gonna lose that game. I don't know what it is about this team, but they play he they play on the road well. And, and Mike Boynton has been playing. So it's somewhat a joke, but it's also kind of serious because Minnesota just knocked off Ohio State, who had been unbeaten and was really good. But Minnesota coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma State gonna face them on Saturday. I think OSU wins that one. I think, you know, Minnesota won at home over Ohio State. That this is that season. This is that kind of basketball season where team the number one seed can't retain the number one seed for more than a week. Or the number one team can't ret- retain the ranking for more than a week. But I just I'm glad they're playing it away from home. They played better that way. They need to get this win. Minnesota's not very good. So let's get the last two non-conference games and we can get to conference play. Hopefully, likely he's back from Minnesota. They at least brought him to Houston, so I have to think he's getting closer, right?
0: Right. Like, I, I don't think he would have traveled if he wasn't getting close coming back. Now, I bet he's still going to be a game-time decision going to Minnesota. I bet, sure. but I bet we see him in that Southeast Louisiana game for at least 10 to 15 minutes just yeah. to get him game reps so that we can go into conference play, at least with him kind of getting back into that, um, getting back into game mode. Um, yeah. Now, if, if he if he plays against Minnesota, I will be very surprised. But I it wouldn't surprise me if he's there at least for warm-ups and just seeing how he how he feels.
1: You got you got a week till Minnesota. It's on the it's on Saturday the twenty first, and then you got a whole other eight days before the game against Southeast Louisiana. So, I agree. Then you get another week off before conference play starts against Texas Tech. So you have another, was that one, two, three weeks before conference play? He'll be healthy. I hope he can play against Minnesota, even if it is in limited minutes. Um, I would expect he's back by southeastern Louisiana, which is a good warm up for him to kind of get back on the court and play against a really bad opponent before conference play starts. Um, so I'm I'm, I'm ready for him to be back. Let's just I'm ready.
0: Yeah, I I'm hoping that he's back as soon as possible because. Now, as awesome as today's win is, you need Isaac. Like you can't expect this team to continue to win games like that without Isaac. Likely, like he is not important to this team. So, as awesome as you know a win like that is, you you need him back as quickly as possible. You have any final thoughts on basketball or anything before we move on here?
1: I love basketball. I uh, I do, man. I just I, I love that OSU has. I love that I have an OSU team that I can. Be excited about like. I, look, the last few losses have really gotten me down. The Georgetown loss pisses me off. Pisses me off so much and for so many reasons less to do with Oklahoma State more to do with losing to a team that cared more about pl- winning basketball games and keeping guys on the roster who were in trouble for the things that they were reportedly in trouble for. Maybe they didn't do it, but I don't care. It's not the way to run a team, and yet that team got to win a game because morals and morality have jacked to do with with athletics and and games but it's passed we got a win that frankly I thought they were going to lose even if they had likely so that to me that that's that's how I, how that's the respect I have for this Houston program under Calvin Sampson at home I thought even if you had a healthy Isaac likely you're probably losing this game that they went on the road and won this game is really big like when your national guys are paying attention it's a it was a very surprising result I can argue this was as surprising as Georgetown showing up and beating Oklahoma State
0: yeah, I'd say okay. that's a fair I'd say a fair comparison there. Now, college basketball is fun this year. It's absolute chaos, which means college basketball is in its peak form. Um I think Kansas is gonna be the number one this week and they'll be the I think the sixth number one already this season. Which means inevitably they'll lose yeah. some shitty game later this week or this weekend yeah. and we'll fight well we're just in I think it was Seth Davis, I was watching the CBS broadcast saying we're probably gonna see a record for most number one teams. Before the tournament rolls around, and that would not yeah. surprise me at all.
1: No, this is gonna be a weird year. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun year.
0: But that may, see fun. the thing is when college basketball is weird, that's when it's its most fun. So oh, I,
1: that's yeah. when it's its most beautiful, man. Exactly. Like, I'm, I don't get me wrong. It's fun to have teams that like Duke last year that are just so stinking good that it's fun to watch them lose. But let the chaos rain down. Let let the insanity just overtake us all.
0: As if making a bracket wasn't already freaking hard enough, man. This this year's going to be real. All right. Well, we we got some basketball or football recruiting news to get into. Before we do that, we will be back after a word from the sponsor. All right, Phillip. So the national, uh, the early signing period is this coming week uh, at Oklahoma State. So we've got a few more slots. fill. you are more adept to the recruiting stuff than I am. I don't pay as close attention to it uh, as you do. So I'll let you take the lead on this one. But where is Oklahoma State sitting right now with how many spots they have left and who uh, could we possibly see them sign later this week?
1: So um, depending upon when this pod goes up, obviously we've got... Um, We're going to have some coverage kind of as we go through the week leading up to the signing period Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's when players can sign. Now, most of them are going to sign on Wednesday. mostly to do it on that day. You'll see a few more Thursday, Friday, but Wednesday is the big day. Oklahoma State, um, like I said, depending on when this goes out, Oklahoma State has 17 commits at the moment. Um, I have an article going up on Tuesday that breaks down the class, very just kind of look at the position groups, who, how many they have, where, what's kind of coming in. Uh, Monday's article is the breakdown of the roster, and, the, and and I think that looking at the current roster is really important in looking at at what they're trying to bring in with this twenty twenty class. Okay. You know, so- last year you had some concerns on defense. Um, well, no, go ahead, please.
0: No, I was just I was just gonna ask. Okay, so. Uh, who else is Oklahoma state in? because obviously Daniel and God has been the big guy that Oklahoma state uh, has been in on at least running back because They don't have a running back yet uh, yeah. is who are their other options there? Cause they have their quarterback. They got a couple of receivers, but who else are we really looking at as positions of need right
1: now? Yeah. So, so as far as the class goes, the, the one area they really need to focus on is running back. They don't have one as Joel mentioned yet. Um, and if you look at what's coming back next year, let's just operate under the, the notion that Chuba is going to go pro. He hasn't made that announcement. He hasn't decided, despite what that one ass hat on Twitter is like, I have good authority that he's going to come back next year. And Chuba will shut it down with like, you don't know nothing. Um, So let's operate on the idea that Chuba's gone. That brings you Desmond Jackson, who this would be a redshirt year for him, so JUCO guy. He should have two years of eligibility. Um, LD Brown should be in his final year. Uh, DeAndre Glass will be, uh, be a redshirt freshman. And that's it on scholarship. You got some walk-ons. Micah Cooper looks like a guy that they really like. He may get a scholarship at some point, potentially. Um, but that's your running back room. They need they need at least one, if not two, running backs in this class. Um, as you mentioned, Ngata is the top target, four-star, all-purpose back. He was set to announce his decision in November. The Everyone thought he was going to pick Oklahoma State. That was the way everything seemed to be leading. And then he took a day off turn, and it was like, I'm going to announce on December 21st. Um, And everything that we had read was that he was going to sign with the team he wanted to commit with this coming week. He would sign with them, and then they wouldn't announce it. He would announce it at, I forget which big game he's in. Um, Well, folks, hold on to your butts, uh, because Daniel Angata has delayed his announcement again to January 2nd, at I believe it's the Under Armour game. I'm going to get that. Hold on a second. Yes, I
0: believe that's what... Yeah, because it was going to be the same video or same game that Illingworth I was going to play.
1: Yeah. So um, my guess is he is still going to sign during the early signing period. That would be my guess. And just continues to push his announcement back to whatever he thinks is bigger. Oh, um, wish he was going up against Texas A&M, Arizona State, Clemson, and Utah. At this point, I have no idea. And that 24-7 rivals... I don't think anybody has an idea what he's doing. I don't think OSU's is as good of a spot as they were. I don't think anybody has any idea what he's going to do. To be honest, I, I, I would love to make a prediction for you, but I have no feel on where he's going whatsoever. And I, and I don't, I don't like that, but I don't. So outside of him, target number two would be Isaiah Jacobs, three-star kid out of Owasso. Um, he announced his top five, which included Arkansas, Michigan, Ole Miss. Um, he, he really likes Alabama. Unfortunately, Alabama hasn't offered him yet. He, you know, Isaiah Jacobs' brother was is is Josh Jacobs, who's running for um, Oakland, was running back for Alabama. He would love to go to Alabama, but Alabama hasn't offered, so that's probably not going to happen. Um, I think OSU is in a good spot here. I think they have a real shot. I think Arkansas changing head coaches maybe that doesn't affect that. Um. His his two recruiters were Jeff Trailer and Barry Lunny. Uh, Jeff Trailer is now the head coach at UTSA. Barry Lunny Jr. is now the offensive coordinator there. So I think Arkansas might kind of be on the out there with him. That so that leaves Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, Michigan, and Maryland. I think OSU's in a good spot. Again, I don't. It's hard to know. You know, Ole Miss just got Lane Kiffin. That's gonna that could have an impact. Um, Arkansas got a new co- head coach. Maybe he likes them. Michigan's Michigan. You've seen Oklahoma top-rated Oklahoma guys run off to Michigan over staying in state. Maryland, former Alabama guy, now at Maryland. That relationship has to matter. I think OSU is in a good standing because my guess is they are coming after him hard. Because, again, they need two running backs in this class. They really do. Uh, other guy to keep an eye on is Kevante uh, Bradford at a Lancaster, Texas. OSU is in his top schools as well as Ohio State, Wisconsin. I, I don't think he's an OSU lean at this point. I think your focus is on Ingata and Jacobs. And if they don't win them, start looking at JUCOs and maybe the transfer market. But they, they need running back depth. Um, this is a big spot for Wozniak. Uh, I'm going to say it. People are going to give him credit for Chuba. Um, Arroyo got Chuba here. Uh, Chuba was too Canadian and naive to understand that he could go maybe somewhere else afterwards. If you go read the Max Olsen piece on The Athletic about it, I think it was more to do with Chuba and OSU getting kind of lucky and getting him than Wozniak keeping him. Um, DeAndre Glass kind of fell to OSU, and I mean fell as in the rest of the places he really wanted, decided to go elsewhere. This is a big spot for Wozniak. OSU should be able to recruit running backs. If they can't bring in a good one in this class, I'm gonna have real questions about, about that position group moving forward.
0: Yeah, this the to not have a, a running back in this class at this point is concerning. Uh, but you seem to be Oklahoma State seems to be locked in battles, you know, with other schools, but they seem to be in a decent position where they can land at least Angada or Jacobs. I don't think they land both, but that would that would be obviously incredible. I don't think that happens. I ha- I feel like you're probably going to have a better chance of Isaiah Jacobs than Ngata just because – I don't know. Ngata seems very flaky about where he wants to go, but then again, he's also a 17- or 18-year-old kid. Do you blame him? Um, yeah. I I still have a feeling he might end up at Arizona State. I know we talked about that off-air. Uh, even though Oklahoma State might be in the lead right now, I just – I'm not convinced there. But if they can land an, an in-state kid in Isaiah Jacobs – I mean, they've had success with that obviously in the past with guys like Justice Hill and things like that. So there's – there's at least precedent to where you know you feel pretty good about landing a guy like that, and Owasso is a great program, so you you know you feel good there. On the defensive side, uh, is there anybody that we really need to keep our eye on in the next uh, couple of days?
1: Well, Oklahoma State's still been looking to add another linebacker to this class. Um, you'll notice some of the coaching staff had um, some tweets on Sunday that implied that they probably got a commitment from somebody. My guess is Mason Cobb. Um, Three star kid that I, I'm kind of high on out of Provo, Utah. Oklahoma State's been really hitting in Utah and Arizona a lot lately. <clears throat> don't ask me why. I don't know. I don't know what the connection is. I've looked at the coaching staff and I'm, there's no obvious like, oh, we brought so and so on. He's got strong connections in Arizona and Utah. That's just where they've been putting a lot of focus on. Oklahoma State, along with his mom, he was on an official visit this past weekend, also took a visit to Louisville. Um, he, His mother, who I follow on Twitter, who, let me just say, following players' moms on Twitter is really fun and funny. They're just the most moms a mom can be, and it's wonderful. Um, he is going to announce with his signing on Wednesday, it sounds like it's down to Arizona, Louisville, and Oklahoma State. I... I've thought for a while that OSU, OSU was the first power fight school to offer him. He had schools offers from Utah State and Colorado State and a few others. Oklahoma State was the first school to get on him. Um, Arizona and Louisville came in later. Um, they got their due. Um, Arizona already stole one linebacker recruit from Oklahoma State, so Arizona can go suck an egg. I don't know why you want to go play for someone because he recruits but can't coach and he's going to be out of there at the end of next season because they won't win more than five games. I think I think they got the commitment from Cobb that they wanted. I think he made the rest of his visits. I think he let the coaching staff know today, and I think on Wednesday Mason Cobb will sign, will announce that he's signing with Oklahoma State. Um, they wanted another linebacker. This kid's pretty good. Uh, go watch, watch his highlights. I, he's. I don't think he's a day. He's not a year one play. He's probably a redshirt guy, but I like his potential. So I I, I would I will make that prediction, and uh, I would say keep an eye on him.
0: Yeah, I I saw a little bit of that on Twitter this weekend. There was a huge recruiting weekend with everybody coming in, both guys that have committed and guys on their official visits. And it seemed like he and his family really enjoyed Stillwater. Seems like they were treated very well. So that obviously plays a, you know, a huge part in it as well. Mike Gundy loves you know, he got these guys, A, that come from good families and treating the families, you know, that way as well, 'cause it's just it's just a part of the cowboy culture that Gundy still. So I, I think he would be I think he'd be a great addition. Seems like he and his family really liked it here, so we we can hope for that. That would be that would be a great pickup, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, one other thing I want everyone to keep an eye on, you know, kind of breaking down the roster and who's coming back and who's left. Hey, this should be a twenty-five person class. I don't expect them all to be four-year guys. Um, they're at seventeen right now. I think that's probably going to hit to around. They want a running back. They'd like probably two. I think they want to add another wide receiver, another um, skill guy. They want to get a linebacker. I think they're probably going to try and place um, Sawyer Gorham, who decommitted after the offer from Texas. And he actually just announced on Twitter that he is committing to Texas. So that's that. So my guess is they want another defensive tackle. That's that's five. Um, I don't know they're going to bring five in that are high school because I think they really need – OSU needs to bring in some transfers this year. Um And I would really, really keep an eye on the transfer portal at graduate transfer cornerbacks. Okay, not quarter, corner, corner. Um, Here's why. There is a question of whether or not Rodarius Williams will go pro. I'm not saying I have any inside information whatsoever. I'm just saying there's some question that he can. um, This is an opportunity for him to do so uh, a year early. Otherwise, he comes back. If he comes back or not, let me just tell you the rest of the cornerback room uh, and the guys on scholarship. Uh, freshman Thomas Harper, freshman DeMarco Jones, and redshirt freshman Gabe Lemons. That's for the rest of the room. They've had some guys enter the transfer portal. That's it. And they'll have three incoming true freshmen next season. The oldest guy you'll have will be a redshirt sophomore if Rodarius Williams isn't back. I, I'm sure the pitch to him is, look, um, you've been uh, one of the guys, but you will be the guy next year. You want to show off how good you can be, you'll be on the best players. They will go after you. You're gonna be our experienced guy. Um, my guess is they're gonna try and and they and OSU has brought in transfer corners for years. Grad transfer guys, I love doing this. Okay. Tyler, Some of the best.
0: Tyler Patman, Lindsey Pimpkins, uh Kevin yeah. Severin, just name a few.
1: Severin was and he was a two-year guy, so he's actually, you know, been on the play two years. This is something that's a good position group to bring in a guy. He probably won't start, but it's gonna be a guy who's gonna play significant minutes, at worst be your your second stringer and provide experience and leadership in a room that's really gonna be needing it. So uh it's a position to watch. They've got three guys coming in. Um Corey Black is the highest rated of the three cornerbacks. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think he plays next year. I think they burn his red shirt next season. I think he's good enough that he's a guy who's going to get enough minutes on the field because they're going to be desperate for guys to play. Thomas Harper is going to play. Gabe Lemons is going to play. I there, I think they bring in a grad transfer. And then I think Corey Black is a guy that sees the field quite a bit as well. So it's gonna be, it is going to be the one weakness, real true weakness of the defense next season. Safeties, loaded. Defensive ends looking good. Defensive tackles, we got 'em. Linebackers, whoo, include think about it this way. Linebackers, I want I want to run down this list for you. Malcolm Rodriguez, Amen, uh, Aman Devin Harper are all back. Should be back, barring someone leading early. And uh from what we know, Calvin Bundage is gonna take a red is using this season as a red shirt, which means Hexon's back. Oh, baby. <laughs> That's your linebacking court. That's so linebackers, so- looking good. Safeties, Colby Harrell, peel Trey Sterling, Jarek Bernard. Those are three of your team's top six tacklers from last year. You're feeling good at safety. You're feeling good at defensive end. You're feeling good at defensive tackle. Cornerback. Corner is the big, huge, glaring hole weakness next season. I think they're going to have to bring somebody in.
0: Yeah, that would be – and like I said, I, I mentioned, I rattled off on it. Tyler Patman, Lindsey Pipkins, Kevin Severin. Weren't starters – but they made a significant impact on the team in some capacity. Oh. Severin ended up being mostly a special team. I remember how good Lindsey Pipkins was at the end of that 2016 season.
1: He got – yeah. No, no, no. Pipkins was, was great. Yeah, he, he was uh, awesome. Patman is always the one I remember because he yes. came from, from Kansas. And um, you know, the only, only bowl game I ever got to go to was the Oklahoma State. I interviewed him. I did a story – a uh, year or two back on on grad transfers in oklahoma state because they'd always happen but they've really become a bigger thing and osu was one who was doing it on a regular basis pretty early on um patman was one of the first ones he he was legit and it's it's been, it's worked for them time and time again bring in somebody either doesn't matter where but who's got some experience that they like who can immediately play and again they probably won't start they might but most of the time, they end up as backups. But they're backups who play a lot of minutes and meaningful minutes and make big plays for, for OSU. So I I think it's something that's going to happen. Um, we can talk some more about where else they might look later. But I think that's that's the best you need to know. Obviously, we'll have a lot of coverage on the site um, throughout the week, all week long. We've got some, like I said, Monday and Tuesday articles. We'll have some stuff up on Wednesday. Um, we'll have stuff afterwards looking at you know where the, the rest of the class goes after who we know signs, who guys to keep an eye on. So make sure and just stay tuned to the Cowboys Ride for Free site because we're gonna have plenty of of uh, of recruiting coverage this week.
0: All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts on this episode here, Philip?
1: Um yes. Uh are we calling this the Kima Sivaran bowl? We've sure, why not? Let's Skate go and text A&M. Transfer to Oklahoma State. So we're gonna call it I, I saw him tweet something after the bowl announcement. He was like, ah, of course. So <laughs> yeah. we're gonna we're gonna call this the Kima Sivaran bowl. That's what I'm gonna do it. There's somebody else. Somebody else was an AM. I don't know who it was, but that's what we're gonna do.
0: The Josh Henson bowl. There it is.
1: It's the Josh Henson slash Sivaran bowl.
0: I'm good with it, but no. Like we we talked a little bit about this on the uh, the last podcast that was now defunct. But I think this is going to be a fun matchup when we're playing the best seven and five team in NCAA history. So it'll be, you know, I think it'll be a fun matchup down in Houston.
1: Best seven and five team in in, in school in football history. Like seriously, they just put them in the play. They should have just made them the four seed. They're so good. <laughs>
0: So I got two final thoughts here. Congratulations to Oklahoma State Wrestling on their 142nd win against OU in wrestling. Uh, that's 10th straight.
1: Ten straight. straight. Yeah.
0: I, I just saw a tweet that said, uh, the OU wrestling facility is playing an instructional video as to how wrestling works and went to cheer. GIA would never. No. That's, that says enough about fan base. Um, yeah.
1: Oh, which is funny, though. Good shout out. um, uh, Oklahoma actually spends more on wrestling. Yeah, than Seth Oklahoma.
0: Duckworth. <laughs> yeah, Seth Duckworth tweeted that Oklahoma, Oklahoma actually spends more money on the wrestling program than than Oklahoma State does. You, you just, you hate to see it. Um, and then my, my last final thought here: Congratulations to uh, Chuba Hubbard on winning the uh, the inaugural Whedon Award. I don't know if you if you're an Oklahoma State Twitter and you uh, have seen uh, the Whedon Award going around. Uh, it was for the uh, most spectacular player in college football, regardless of the name on the the front of the jersey. And uh, Chuba Hubbard went uh, pretty well, running away uh, over Chase Young, Kenneth Gainwell, Omar yuck, Bayless, yuck, and Evan yuck. Weaver. So we'll running go. away. <laughs> I did, see. Okay, did not do that. It, not intended whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> not intended whatsoever. Either way, I still. Mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious that this was. It started out as a meme, and then. The guy actually like put the names out there, and then the fan bases of the some of those guys, like the the dude at uh, Memphis, Kenneth Gainwell, like people actually started paying attention to it, and it got some pretty good traction. I thought it was it was funny, and it, and it was meant to be mostly lighthearted, but I think the people that you know actually kind of made it a little bit more of a serious thing. I thought that was pretty good. This is why Twitter's great.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well, I think that wraps this one up. Philip, working everyone following him on Twitter.
1: Finally, well, personally, at OKTXARPoke. Um, and reminder, let me just remind you, stay at the site all week, recruiting coverage. Um, we're going to have a lot of stuff. I think you'll like it.
0: All right, follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys CowboysRFF. We'll be back next week for hopefully some wrestling news, and we'll have national signing day. There's a lot to talk about at the site. So stay locked on. We'll talk to you all later.